It is a great day for talk radio. If you've been following the situation stateside with the Kavanaugh hearings, man, it's been a high drama, as I said, uh, for an appointment to the high court. And now the latest development is that uh, there is an extra week being called for by some holdout Republican senators, to which Senator Flake from Arizona is suggesting an FBI investigation in a week's time uh, might be something to settle the notion once and for all, and uh, then they can move forward with the vote in the entire Senate, which the Republicans are hanging on to the slimmest of threads for Kavanaugh's appointment to the Supreme Court. Let's find out how Conrad Black feels about that and other issues this afternoon. He's the author, commentator, and historian of note. Conrad, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you, John. So this extra week that Flake is calling for for an FBI investigation, do you think that has any merit? Is it uh, a sop to the fence-sitters, good politics? What do you make of it? Um, it the whole, that whole thing is complicated, as you know. I mean, as I see it, um, uh, there was no real objection to Kavanaugh as a judge. He's clearly qualified as a judge to sit on the Supreme Court as a, as a justice of that court. Uh, but he is a conservative judge and, and would... He would take a, a view on a range of issues, um, probably not including abortion, because it's unlikely to get back to the Supreme Court, but other issues that, that, that the Democrats don't like. So that's the underlying politics. And that this, he, he is a more consistently conservative judge than Anthony Kennedy, whom he replaces. Uh, so it is. So it is a turn, and that, that's why it's so such a strategic battle. You know, the 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 close argument over the confirmation of a single judge to the highest court uh, has great policy implications in the country. So uh, we've got to this point where it is quite clear that on the balance of probabilities, he wins because the corroborative support named by Dr. Ford all ran for the high grass, and so she has no corroboration. Uh, so on that on that issue, uh, he should be confirmed. However, the, the last gasp of, of the anti-Kavanaugh um, people was to claim that it was a slipshod investigation as if anyone but the Democrats was responsible for Dr. Ford being introduced into it as late as she was, that, it, that, that the FBI uh, had to be involved, and it was uh, very questionable and suspect that Kavanaugh himself did not demand an FBI investigation. Uh, well, the, the fact is the Senate Judiciary Committee investigated him thoroughly, and this is essentially nonsense, but uh, I think the Democrats made a tactical error being drawn that far because I don't think either I don't think Trump is ultimately calling the tune here uh, has any objection to an FBI investigation lasting one week because I don't think it will strengthen the Ford case, but the unspoken part of this is. If they wanted a full investigation, what you would get is a serious cross-examination of Dr. Ford, and she would have to take the heat and answer the questions the way Kavanaugh did, and, and she is a fragile person, and she wouldn't be able to do it. And, and you have this chicken game where uh, the Republicans confidently hold a better argument in, in terms of balance of likelihood of this alleged incident having occurred with Kavanaugh being the perpetrator. But we're afraid to say, all right, we'll have a proper investigation, all right, and we'll subpoena for it and we'll question her with the gloves off. 
because they don't want to be portrayed as beating up and bullying a woman in, in, in who, who's suffering from this trauma generated 36 years ago. And, and so it's been a kind of a chicken game. But let me just add one final thing. When you get right down to it, what we're dealing with here is uh, the allegation by her, uncorroborated, that he, which he strenuously denies, uh, pounced upon her on a bed 36 years ago in a drunken state, and and that he was dragged off by a friend of his without any uh, sexual body parts making contact, and still in possession of the benefits of the doubt that he was not trying to rape her, he was just being egregiously forward. And if you give him the benefit of the doubt that he wasn't trying to rape her, even if he did that, it is completely irrelevant to confirming him as a justice now. What would not be irrelevant is if it happened and he lied about it. So we've created this issue of whether he was telling the truth about an incident that in itself, uh, if it occurred at all, and if he was involved in it, would not necessarily have been something that would bar him from being eligible for that position. If he was trying to rape her, it would. But if he was just a frisky, drunken teenager who, who, who you know, got carried away a bit, then so what? Well, but boy, that's uh, what it's all escalated up to. But I, I think what's happened now is the FBI will take it. Uh, Flake himself said limited in, in time and scope. They're not getting onto these later ones, uh, uh, Deborah De Ramirez, which was just complete nonsense. Even the New York Times wouldn't touch that turkey. And and uh, and as for Ava. Avenetti's latest of a gang rape operation. Uh, I mean, that, that doesn't, that's just too contemptible to be worthy of any discussion. Even the Democrats aren't, aren't, aren't going to touch that one. Yeah, but Conrad, let me just uh, interject because uh, what you're saying is unless there was actually overt sexual uh, aggression here, you're saying it doesn't constitute a sexual assault? No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that um, if, it, if it occurred, then then Kavanaugh shouldn't be confirmed because he's lied about it. But if it occurred and he had said that it occurred, but what happened was I got drunk and got became forward, and fortunately my friend pulled me off, but I had no intention of doing anything other than kissing this girl. I, 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 I don't, I don't think, I don't think, you know, I, I don't think they could have done much. I mean, I think it would have died down. I think what's happening is the magnification of something that in itself we don't have a valid reason to believe was a, a severe sexual assault. I mean, something involving violation of a woman. And, and, uh, and I, and I, so I don't think the tactics have been right, except that I think if he hadn't, if he had done it, he would have done what I said. And I think it actually adds to the probability that he was not the perpetrator. I mean, it's not for me to say uh, Christine Ford was not assaulted in that way, but she has completely failed to make the case that he was the assailant. Let me just pick up on that point, because, I mean, as to sexual assault, uh, I'm not sure it's even split into degrees anymore, because uh, people see it as just, you know, this one self-contained or defined uh if it's sexual assault there are no matters of gradation but on the hearings themselves you know uh kavanaugh said yesterday what we're doing is uh setting ourselves up to reap a whirlwind that where institutions would be changed irrevocably and for decades to come uh do you believe him i'm i think i he makes a good point i am afraid that if we're getting into the area where any denunciation Anyone standing up and saying he did something terrible um, 
even if it is not supported by the balance of probabilities, you certainly won't get proof beyond a reasonable doubt. I mean, if you get that, obviously it's an open and shut case, and you get another nominee. Now, I don't think anyone would object to, to, to that being the, the the way it was proceeded with. But where it's strenuously disputed and there is no corroborative evidence, then uh, then then we're getting to the point where anyone can be knocked out as a candidate for. Uh, for any narrowly a point of office, I mean, confirmed by a legislature as opposed to a full national election or, or you know, large electorate decision, um, it, it is it is going to it is going to make it terribly difficult to recruit good people to such positions and to give them any assurance that they will, after reasonable vetting by by vigilant legislators, be confirmed in that position without going through a horrible experience that, that brings extreme uh, embarrassment down and anguish down on their families and, well, and themselves. It also means due process is effectively meaningless. But I've well, got to... I, There may be ways where this can be done uh, in camera. So, that, and, and one of the senators, I saw most of the hearings yesterday, and I heard them, I was in the car, I had to go to Western Ontario a bit yesterday, but they're southwestern. And and um, and uh, at least one of the senators said, if we'd started early, this could have been done absolutely discreetly, the way uh, the way background checks by the FBI normally are, and and uh, we we wouldn't have had all this. Now, I, I think of. Whatever motives, and I'm not imputing motives to her. And in fact, I think she's a basically a pretty good senator, and I know her slightly. Whatever Senator Dianne Feinstein's motives for leaving as late as she did, um, it's very unfortunate that that happened. And finally, I've got to ask you, because I know you've written about it, on Monday night we've got an election in Quebec. Maybe a lot of people haven't noticed, but uh, you suggest this does have some consequence to the rest of Canada. What does it portend in a nutshell? Well, uh, you don't know with the polls, but the, the last polls we've seen show it essentially a four-party race, two parties at 30%, two at 20%. Uh, the, the Quebec Liberal Party, which, like the Liberal Party of British Columbia, is essentially a confederation, a fusion of conservatives and liberals, um, normally gets and is getting this year the great majority of the non-French vote. So the percentage of the French Quebec vote that it's getting at 30%, it is something like 15% of the majority. Well, you know, that won't do. Now, the other big party, the CAQ, which looks like it's going to be the largest party, uh, is led by a man, Francois Legault, who was a prominent member of the previous Parti Québécois government and, and was a well-known, unambiguous separatist. And his wife has just, in the last week, made extremely insulting comments about English Canadians including the entire population of Ontario, by the way. And, uh, and and all he said is he won't hold a referendum. He hasn't said, I'm not a separatist. And he presumably holds the same views he did when he was in government before. And then the two, part 20, roughly 20% parties, the old Parti Québécois, the original separatist party, of René Lévesque, Jacques Parizeau, and Lucien Bouchard, and, and Québec Solidaire, which has drawn even with the PQ because it claims that all the other parties are soft. They don't. They want separatism now. You don't need a referendum. They elect them and they're out. They just raise the flag and start exchanging embassies. 
And, and uh, the, so if you look at it, 40% of the vote on the polls is for outright separatist parties and 30% for a party led by an unambiguous separatist who hasn't renounced separatism but just says he won't hold a referendum. And, and the implications of this for Canada are significant. I'm not an alarmist. I'm not saying it's a 70% separatist vote. I'm not saying that. But on the other hand, it, it, clearly this is about to emerge as an issue again. All right. Separatist sentiment is still viable in Quebec. I've got to add one other thing with with no disrespect to Andrew Scheer and Justin Trudeau, with both of whom I'm quite friendly personally. Uh, If a separatist crisis happens, they, in my opinion, are not the people to deal with it. Uh, You know, Pierre Trudeau dealt with it, and I think if it had come up in his time, Mulroney could have dealt with it. But I don't think these two could, and that's a problem, too. A damning indictment. Well, Conrad, uh, we'll leave you on that note, and we'll see what transpires in La Belle Provence on Monday night. Appreciate it, as always. Talk next Friday. Right, sure, John. Thanks. Thank Bye. you, Conrad Black, noted historian, commentator, and author. Oakley Show continues at Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.